Hey, what's up? My name is DeAndre Kiera, and you are tuned in to an all-new episode of Just Let It Glow Podcast. We are on episode 107. You know, soon it's going to be to a point where I don't know what number we're on, and we're just, like, killing it, and we're just going to keep going and going. So this is the last week of the Glow Up Challenge. Today is day 26. You are listening to this on day 26 of the Just Let It Glow Glow Up Challenge, where we are doing things that can help us move forward and have positive habits into our next glow up era, you know. So by November, we will break some of our bad habits, which is, you know, jumping on social media first thing in the morning, not moving our bodies regularly throughout the week, adding more positivity into our lives, enriching our reading and journaling and just working through um, everyday issues and just trying to, in the smallest ways possible, better ourselves. So if you are interested, jump on the last few days of the Just Let It Glow Challenge and bring it forth into the next month. Do whatever you feel like you need to do to stay on track. Um, also a new, you know, aspect of Just Let It Glow, we will be having a book club. So November's book of the month is Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. I will release the date of our meeting, which will be December 1st, the first uh, weekend in December. And we'll either meet on live or live on Instagram or it'll be a Zoom, but I will let you guys know. But The November read, November book of the month is Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. So check it out. You can read it in paperback. You can read it in Kindle. You can listen to the audio book. Whatever you need to know about this book, do it. And uh, join us for the book of the month. And I'll come up with a cute name. So if you got a cute name for the book club, definitely send it my way because I have one, but I don't know if I like it like that. So if you have a cool um, book club name for us, please feel free to reach out and let me know what it is. I love all suggestions. And no, I cannot pay you for it, but you will get a nice shout out. So there's it. That's just a disclaimer. So me, I've been doing, okay, I had therapy today. Therapy always helps me um, just kind of regulate a little bit. I think I'm very um, hard on myself and... um, Sometimes I try to take on more accountability than than is deemed necessary. You know, I feel like I take on uh, like blame for stuff or um, I just take too much accountability or I think that I could be doing better. Um, so I had a really good therapy session. We'll probably get into that a little bit later when we talk about the glow up topic. But also right before I logged in to record, I had saw a post that said like the healing journey is like disgusting. Like you'll be absolutely disgusted because you'll start realizing, you know, habits that you have, things that you allow, people that you allow, then the lack of boundaries that you used to have, the lack of standards that you have. And that's where I think I am. You know, right now I was talking to a friend of mine. I'm just like, yo, like, the way that my mindset is right now, like, I can't believe I used to let certain stuff slide. I can't believe that, you know, saying no used to be so hard to say. Like, even now, I still get irritated when I feel like I struggle with saying no. Like, I get so annoyed that I struggle 
sometimes not with saying no, but feeling guilty about the no, you know? So I would really say like when people be like, you know, the healing journey is not fun. I just told my friend is the shit is boring. It's fucking boring because you get to a place where I'm at right now where you wanted peace so much that you only really talk to like four people. You wanted peace so much that you only really comfortable around a choice amount of people, you know, or even like with dating, you're not willfully ignorant anymore. Like you understand what's going on. You know what triggers you. You know what's your standard of how you want to be treated. That as soon as someone doesn't coincide with that, it's a rap. You're not interested anymore. So like when I say it's, it's amazing because before I had a bunch of people around me, I was busy all the time. I was dating people that I didn't really care for. I was going out on a lot of dates. I was doing all of that. And I was busy constantly around people, constantly doing stuff, constantly on the go, you know, dating and, you know, friendships or like, you know, or people just I'm cool with, you know, but that's some of the times where I felt fucking lonely or overwhelmed and just not happy. So, you know, I would definitely feel like it's definitely what I need. Like I, but I will say the shit ain't fun. The shit is not fun. It's, it's very much boring. And it also is parts sometimes when I look back on things and I realize I let motherfuckers slide so much, they think that this shit is a water park. <laughs> like they think that they can just disre- be disrespectful or they can be nasty to me and just, you know, start up a conversation and we, we good or something. Or like with guys, like they feel like, oh, time passed. Let me go hit her up and see if she cool, if things is cool. And like now I'm very much like, it's not even like, fuck you, but it's like, I mean, what's up? What do you want? Like, you know, like, it's not like I'm angry or nothing. But now when people hit me up, it's like, can I help you? Like, what's up? You know, and like when they say they like little corny, like little, I don't know what you call that shit. Like flirtatious comments or they're trying to spit their game. It just really be looking crazy to me. Like, damn, like you think like I want to deal with you. Like you think like this shit going to work? Like, no, it ain't no beef. I ain't, you know, about to cuss you out. You can stay on the Instagram. You can see me look good, but that's all you can do because I don't have anything for you outside of that. Like, you tell me I look good. Thank you. Appreciate it. What else? Oh, I was thinking about you. And that's when I'm going to leave your ass on read. Don't think about me. Don't think about me. We ain't cool. Don't think about me. Like, fuck you thinking about me for... Like, that's kind of how I feel. But when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, it's sometimes I get so frustrated. Like, damn, these motherfuckers think I'm a fool. They think that they can play with me. Like, wait, why was I sitting here allowing folks to think that I'm cool with no shit like that? I'm not. I'm not that nice. I'm not that cool. And I'm not funny. 
<laughs> was like, like, this is not it. Like, stop playing with me. So when I saw that, I really was like, damn, that really resonated with me. Like the healing journey, you just got to really be ready for solitude. You got to be ready to like, the part about it is that a lot of your relationships will change. And a lot of the things that you used to like deal with that didn't make you comfortable, you no longer is. The, you know, the the amount, it's just a whole lot of changes. You know, you can't sit here, you can't play like you don't know what's going on anymore. That means like you can't sit here and not and ignore that gut feeling of being uncomfortable because you've gotten so comfortable in your comfortability and in your peace that anything that disrupts that, it just it's just a shock to your system. That's how I feel. Like I've created a very safe space for me, a very peaceful space for me that like, when someone, you know, disrupts it, even in the smallest ways, it's like a shock to my system. Like it's hard for my body to regulate again because I'm not familiar with that. I'm not familiar with having angst around people that I'm supposed to, you know, love and have in my corner, you know? So certain things is just different for me right now. But I was like, damn, that's, that's motherfucking true. So... Yeah, if you're on your healing journey, just know, you know, I see you and um, while it's not easy, you know, it is what it is. So let's get into this week's topics. So I'm going to start off with this one thing because I thought it was very interesting. So there's this um, social influencer named Fanita. Benita um, got popular by being uh, talking about body positivity a little bit. And she was very funny, very like dry humor, you know, whatever. Um, and she said she it was interesting because they were saying like basically she had got the sleeve surgery and lost a lot of weight. And ever since, you know, kind of come off very nasty, very cavalier. Um, And when we talk about body positivity, we always just talk about it in the form of people with a larger body mass. But we don't ever talk about, all right, so are we talking about body positivity? Like, are we talking about tall people? Are we talking about not shaming shorter people? Are we talking about not, you know picking on people's scars or, you know, like where does it gauge it? Like where does, like who does the body positivity movement protect outside of large people with larger body mass, you know? So she said a joke where she was with her co-host and she was like, you know, and I'm not taking her. It's more of the conversation that was going on in the comments that we're going to discuss. And she, you know, she made fun of her co-host's um, nose or something. She was just saying, like, he has, like, no bridges. Nose is basically unrecognizable, you know, that type of thing. And he made a comment and said, you know, body positivity is only good when we talking about weight, huh? And she was kind of dumbfounded. And that started the conversation where people were saying, like, you know, they felt like he gaslit her and that one has nothing to do with the other. 
me, you know, usually I would go on that side, but I also feel like um, if we're going to talk about body positivity and we're going to talk about how, you know, being fat isn't a joke and it's not a punchline and people are hurt by it and everybody can't control their weight. Uh, most people can't control how their nose looks, how their eyes look. You know, like there is a beautiful girl that I always see on social media. She has um, a birthmark going around her face, like around her eye. And people were just asking her so many questions about it. And they were like, where are you stabbed? Was it this? Was it that? And they wanted her to do like this big ass post about it. And she just was like, I was born with it. It's a birthmark. I like it. But does body positivity protect her? You know what I mean? Why? Because she's beautiful with a scar. Because most people think she's beautiful. You know, scar and all. It's unique. But if there was somebody that y'all don't think that is as aesthetically pleasing as this girl and they have a scar, do that protect them too? Or if you don't want anybody to talk about your body mass and how big or small you are, how come you don't lend it to someone else that you're like, oh, yeah, your nose is terrible. You're, you know, your eye, you have a lazy eye or that's all shit that nobody can control. You know, even like, you know, when we talk about certain things like, uh, you know, when women have a COPD and they, they grow facial hair, we talk shit about that. But then it's like in the same breath, we want people not to make you being a larger person, a fucking joke. Or we talk about, you know, I wrote a paper in college about body image of, you know, black women in the college age area era, era and just how many, you know, double standards there are. And as, you know, as black women, we deal with the body image of America, which is petite, tiny, you know, Pamela Anderson type bodies or nowadays like Kylie Jenner type of bodies. And then on the other hand, we fight in the BBL police. Like we don't know where's our body standard. And then in some places you need to be thick, fine and slim. Like it's just too fucking much. So I just want to know like, where does the body positivity, like who does that protect, you know? And what does that fall under? And if you don't want anybody talking about you, your complexion, your weight, and everything else, don't keep that shit going. Don't talk about nothing. You know, that's kind of how I feel. I think everybody needs to kind of lean back into that. Don't, you ain't got nothing nice to say. Don't say it at all. If you don't want to be the butt of fucking jokes, stop making people the butt of your jokes based off of their physical appearance. Because I told y'all before, one thing about me, when I argue, if I make jokes, I don't never got to talk about your physical appearance. That's such low brow. That's so corny. Like, back in the day when I grew up and you arguing with somebody, you be like, oh, that's why you fit. Like, that joke was not going to land. If you talk about somebody knows, that joke is not going to land. You giving corny. Like, you can't even roast correctly. So, I thought it was interesting. Y'all... Another interesting topic. So NBA star Dwight Howard is being sued allegedly because he was supposed to hook up with a male 
and the male is accusing him of sexual assault because he allegedly invited another male into the bedroom without the first male's consent. And if y'all watch Baseball Wives like I do, y'all know that Dwight Howard got a baby with Royce Reed, and she has accused in the past that he engages in sexual, you know, encounters with men. He also pays for, you know, sex, allegedly. She has made a lot of different claims about him. He has been notoriously nasty to this lady. He is a deadbeat. He goes women to women. He has a bunch of kids with a bunch of different women. Um, let's get into this because this shit, I'm going to read y'all the text messages and this is on the neighborhood talk and we're going to get into some things. So according to the neighborhood talk, I'm going to read it. It says neighbors, we previously reported that Dwight Howard admitted to meeting up with a man he met on Instagram to hook up with amid that man accusing him of forcing him to participate in a threesome. Well, details of their conversations have been made public and it appears Dwight really is into this man after all. Um, they said it like a slur, but I'm not saying it. I feel like it's a slur. The messages were obtained by Radar Online and show Dwight's communication with a man named Stephen Harper. Stephen says he and Dwight talked for months before meeting up. So it's a lot of messages here. But here's a summary. Dwight got Stephen's number and started talking freaky as fuck. He asked him for dick pics and cum videos. Dwight even said, I'm not gay or anything. I'm just a little nasty sometimes. Now, Stephen was with the shits at first because he's freaky too. Dwight went on to say that he was thinking about that meet. All before scheduling a meetup with Stephen where things went left. Dwight told Stephen he wanted that dick now. Even put in, he even put his son to bed early so Stephen could come over. Again, these ain't my words. I'm reading from the neighborhood talk on Instagram. Steven says when he finally linked to fuck Dwight, when they finally linked to fuck, Dwight began kissing him before bringing out another man who was dressed in drag. That's when Steven says he tried to leave, but Dwight literally had him by the balls because his big NBA hands were gripping his penis. Steven says he was forced to participate, but Dwight denies the claims and says while he was freaky with Steven, he never forced anything and he wants the entire case thrown out. We knew that Dwight was in the closet, but we didn't know that the closet was dirty. That's what the neighborhood talk said. I'm going to look through these messages and I'm going to tell y'all what I said. See, so Dwight texts Steve, then texts Dwight. And says, what's up, sexy? Dwight says, nothing, you. He Steven says, shit, just starting my day off about the shower in a few. Dwight sends eyes emojis. He said, I got you, tongue out emoji. What have you planned for today? Dwight X, you and ATL, we played today. Steven says, yeah, I stay in Atlanta, been doing some modeling here in Chicago. What about you? And we're, that's what's up. Good luck, sexy. Dwight says, ATL in Philly. Thank you. He stayed in Philly? I ain't know he stayed in Philly. I ain't never seen him out here. So Steven says, gotcha. I'll be in New York next month. 
but she'll be back in Atlanta after that. Dwight says, oh, okay, that's what's up. Now, that's if these messages are real. I don't know. Steven says, not sure when you're free, but would love to link. Demon emoji. Dwight says, who am I talking to? Steven says, I'm Steven, my bed, and says his Instagram name. He says, Dwight says, I was waiting on you to send pics. He says, I got you. Steven sends the picture. Dwight says, through these text messages, y'all, that the neighborhood talk posted, and these are what was from the court documents. Dwight says, I want more. Steven says, I got you, Poppy. Also, what are you into? You like freaky shit. Dwight says, yes, I'm into freaky shit. Now, I want you to know, I'm not like gay or anything. I'm just a little nasty sometimes. I don't want to offend you. What the fuck does that mean? What the fuck does that mean? Either you into niggas or you ain't. Uh, okay. So, Steven sends a bunch of little videos. Dwight likes them all. Steven says, yes, I understand, sexy. We grown. I'm not offended at all. Dwight says, let me see that eggplant emoji. Boom. Boy sends it. Um, I'm going to find another one. He says... You have some cunt shots, LOL. He said, I don't. I can make you some personal ones. Dwight says, I want to see your eggplant emoji, eye emoji. The guy says, I got you sexy. Then the guy, Steven, sends a video. He sends his tongue. Dwight sends his tongue out. This is where the sun shit come in. This nigga, Steven, said, who all over there? I want. I don't want to raise no eyebrows. Dwight says, nobody, my son in his bed. He said, okay, perfect. You would just have to leave before everyone wake up. He says, okay, going to be up. Are you going to be up? I'm an hour away. I'll come. He said, back, get ready. Dwight sends a tongue emoji, eggplant emoji. All right. The next article. Dwight Howard, this is on Neighborhood Talk. Dwight Howard is not backing down from his accuser. The NBA superstar admitted to meeting up with Stephen Harper to engage in sexual activities, but says Harper's sexual assault allegations stem from hurt feelings. If you can recall, Harper alleged that Dwight tried to force him to participate in a threesome with a man dressed in drag. He says he was unaware another person, Kitty, that's the other person's name, would be pregnant during a link, but Dwight says that isn't true. Dwight claims that he later blocked Harper on Instagram, and that's when things went left. Court documents show Dwight alleged that Harper confronted him with two op- options, pay up or have your reputation ruined with a fabricated story. Dwight, who has been pretty private with the public about his sex life, doesn't deny any claims. Harper is making about Willa up to the meeting. However, he vehemently denies being an abuser and says Harper is just a scoring man. And he's going to, Dwight is going to bring, um, he's going to bring him to court to testify for him. 
Now, I got a lot of opinions. My thing is, I the the story that he could have. Here's the thing. If there, if there wasn't a forceful situation and you didn't set him up, I think the, if he was just trying to get clout off you, he could have just sold the story to the blocks and made money from that. Because it's already salacious enough. He got all of this proof that this is you. He could have went to the blogs. He could have sold this story. He could have blackmailed you. All of that shit was there already, right? Like, that could have been a wreck. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm I'm inclined to believe that you had somebody there that you wasn't supposed to. And to me, by bringing that third party into the room into the courtroom to be a witness is not really a witness because it's it, it gives like you paid them off you know that's somebody you always deal with like is he said she said at this point so i don't know how far this case can go for real um because it's a sexual assault case and it really just usually is up to the jury or whatever to believe the person you know because no one else was there and that's what makes sexual assault cases so cavalier you know it's the only crime where you have to prove that there's a victim i'll say this the shit that this is what irritates me about men like dwight howard because Y'all had that toxic masculinity. Y'all wreck fucking havoc in different people's lives the entire time. You have disrespected every woman you had a child with. You have disrespected Royce. You have called them different types of names, whores, this, that, and the third, gold diggers, this, this, that, and the third. You have kids all over fucking America. You don't do for them. But then... When you want to get your fucking rocks off in the middle of the night, you put your fucking baby to sleep to have a fucking threesome. Now, if a fucking woman did that shit, no matter who she decides to have a threesome, if she had, if a woman decided to have a threesome with two niggas by her baby in the bed, we would be talking about that shit till we blew in a motherfucking place. Or if she invited two women over there to have a threesome, or a man and a woman, or whatever. We will be talking about that shit to the blue until we blew in the face. I don't really give a fuck about him and his sex life, but I just think that it's absolutely asinine for you to be sitting there and talking about can you get some dick pics and can you get send some cum shots and then follow it up with like on some oh no homo though or I'm not gay though. I just a little freaky. No, you like what you fucking like. If you don't want to walk around with no titles, then nobody call you gay. But you want to make that shit clear while you sucking, sitting there asking for fucking dick pics and planning fucking threesomes. But you walk around and you're disrespecting these people. Because you want to use, like, just, I, it just irritates my, it just irritates me so much when I see men, like, just roam around and just have no care in the world about how they carry themselves. The women, they have a bunch of kids with women all over the city. They're nasty. They're rude. They're very disrespectful. And then come to find out is because these bitches wasn't what you wanted. So you don't wreck fucking havoc on everybody. And it's like, well, this wasn't what you wanted in the first place. And it's just unfortunate. 
and you done ran that girl Royce name all through the mud. You done ruined several other women's lives and having kids with them and not doing for them. You sitting here talking about something. I'm not denying the sex that we had, but the problem is I ain't sexually assault him. Yes, you did whatever the fuck they said he did. Like, that's what it is. You did whatever he said you did. And at this point, my thing is, if I if that was a woman making them claims, we would believe her right off the fucking bat. We would not be saying she's a fucking cloud chaser. If a woman went to go meet up with a dude and they hooking up and then somebody come out the bathroom, male or a fucking female, and be like, what's up? We having a threesome. We would be like, oh, oh no, that shit is crazy. That's some fucking crazy shit. Don't ever do that shit to nobody. Don't surprise... Like, that's fucking crazy. Especially on the first link up and you pull somebody out here. You don't know what this person is into. None of y'all exchange sexual history. Like, nobody knows each other. I didn't tell you that I wanted to have a fucking threesome. You didn't tell me somebody else was going to be there. Nigga, you don't know if I'm in the closet. You assuming I'm not. But you want me to keep your fucking secrets and you got somebody hiding in the goddamn bathroom? Hell no. Hell fucking no. And we done talked about Royce Reed and Dwight Howard Child on this podcast before. And their whole family dynamic is too much to get into today. But it's like you are in these weird ass spaces and you're doing this weird ass shit. Why the fuck would you bring somebody in there when you invited him over? And then how you putting your baby to bed before you invite somebody over you don't even know? It ain't like that's your boo. That ain't like that's your man. But when women do shit like that and put their baby to sleep and fuck in the living room or fuck in their bedroom and let Mr. Charlie leave at the middle of the night, we calling them whores. But this motherfucker is playing a whole damn threesome before his kid get up and go to school the next day. You know what? I'm clocked out. I can't see what else happens with this. So a few weeks ago, we talked about Jordan Craig and Tristan Thompson, Khloe Kardashian, and about how Tristan Thompson hasn't been taking care of his oldest son, um, Prince um, Thompson. So Jordan Craig is the mother of Tristan Thompson's first child. And baby, she wants her money. So according to the Jazz and Brand, Jordan Craig wants Tristan Thompson's NBA wages garnished over unpaid child support. Tristan Thompson reportedly owes his ex-girlfriend, Jordan Craig, $224,000 in back child support for their son, Prince. Mind you, this little boy is like 10. That means this motherfucker ain't never paid nothing. Craig filed the court docs last month claiming Thompson only... Oh, the little boy six. Craig filed the court docs last month claiming Thompson has only been making partial payments for their six-year-old. In 2019, they reached a $40,000 a monthly agreement, though his finances have changed since then. Thompson was making nearly $18 million annually at the time. This year, he only signed a $2.7 million contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Craig is all, is asking a judge to garnish Thompson's wages. So far, no decision has been made. That doesn't really matter to me about if his if his wages change because he wasn't paying it when he was making eighteen million. Why the fuck would she get less 
when he wasn't paying it when he had the money and just because you so that means at the very least you have a 20 you have 20 million dollars 200 of it ain't gonna kill you and you live in off of chloe so you're not even paying no bills the least you could do is take care of your children Okay, so here here's a little bit more details. According to reports, the mother of his eldest child recently filed a lawsuit against him, accusing the Hooper of owing her hundreds of thousands of dollars in mid-child support. Um, reportedly, she submitted a document in Los Angeles on Monday, October 23rd, accusing the ex of skipping out on money he owes for their six-year-old son, Prince. In the legal papers, the entrepreneur alleged that Tristan Thompson's 32 has either been sending partial payments or nothing at all. But since the beginning of November of last year, he allegedly racked up a debt of $224,000. Craig is reporting now seeking a court judge to require him to pay up. Reports note that Craig included a detailed list of payments she received over the last year, showing that Thompson sent a $20,000 payment in November of 2022, a $40,000 payment in December of 2022, and nothing in January. Between February and July, the NBA champion reportedly sent six payments of $14,500 and another $29,000 in August, meaning he only paid in full once within the 10-month period. As we covered back in August, Tristan has already made, has already been in court regarding Thompson's child support payments. Reportedly, she filed a motion to ensure the athlete's pay cut didn't interfere with the agreed-upon $40,000 monthly payment she was set to receive. At the time of the original amount was set, Thompson was reportedly bringing in $17.7 million annually. 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 With the Cleveland Cap, he was bringing $17.7 million annually. And this was like three years ago that this first settlement was made child and at the time he only had one other child true which he shares with Khloe Kardashian however the basketball player has since fathered two more children son Theo he begrudgingly welcomed and with fitness personality that girl he had a baby with last year and his second child with Kardashian that was born last year if you recall Theo's was the last child to end his own again off again relationship um pay that girl that money Y'all gonna learn, just like I'm talking about with Dwight Howard, y'all gonna learn how to stop being hypersexual. Y'all gonna learn how to stop having children all over the place and leaving them. Y'all gonna learn to stop going state to state to state and ruining bitches' lives and thinking that they are supposed to pick up. And Jordan wasn't a random girl. She was his girlfriend, his boo. That was who he was with. He was excited to have a baby. He left her in her third trimester. Oh, well, y'all have to pay up. You have to stop having children all around the world and thinking that women are just supposed to figure it out. And women, you have to stop being complacent and allowing men. If you see how they act with their first child and they don't provide, they're not going to provide for yours. Anytime that you see somebody that has to be coaxed and convinced and ruled by a fucking court to provide and they still don't, what do they think? What do you think they can do for you when you watch somebody cheat on somebody during their third pre- third trimester of pregnancy with their first child and leave you for them and fuck your socks off? What do you think they'll do to you? That's why it's like sympathy for Khloe Kardashian. Do I have sympathy for Khloe Kardashian? 
do I? Do I? Not fucking really. Not at all. Pay your money. Like, he's on ESPN. He's talking about all of these chances and these opportunities that Chris uh, Jenner helped him get. Help her get you to get more money to pay your bills. And uh, $2.7 million ain't nothing to sneeze at annually when you barely play. You just put the fucking suit on and you live for free with Khloe Kardashian. And you have a pretty good net worth. Let's see how much he makes. Let's see what he makes. He's worth $45 million. You can pay this lady. You can pay this lady. Child, people going to jail, honey. So I don't know if y'all into basketball wise LA. It was a woman on the show named British Williams. And from the first time she got on the show, people from her hometown of St. Louis were saying that she's a scammer. She has businesses that, you know, she has all of these Better Business Bureau investigations open. She takes people money. She's not paying. She does all of this type of scamming stuff. She has a boutique in St. Louis with no fashions in it. Hold on, let me take a sip of water. Sorry. And ever since she got on the show, that was the rumor. Apparently, a couple of years ago, she got jammed up with that PPP stuff and apparently asked for a little bit more money than what she should have. And she has been under investigation by the FBI since. And this past week, she was sentenced to four years in prison. So let's get into it. I'm going to read from the Neighborhood Talk and we're going to talk about it. British Williams has been sentenced to four years in the slammer after pleading guilty to 15 felonies, which included misusing social security numbers, bank fraud, insurance fraud, pandemic-related scams, and making false statements to the IRS. Child, let's get into it. Neighbors, get into this. Former basketball wife star British Williams has officially been sentenced to four years in the slammer. The reality star appeared in court today to learn her consequences after she pleaded guilty to 15 counts of various types of fraud. British was indicted by federal prosecutors in September 2021, accusing her of not paying taxes and underreporting the income of her businesses. She also allegedly used other people's identity to open bank accounts without their knowledge. After her indictment, prosecutors say she continued committing acts of fraud, including collecting pandemic-related rent relief under false pretenses, under false pretenses, and submitting bogus medical bills to an insurance company. In court, British tried to show remorse, but the judge insisted that she had a fraudster mentality. Due to her making $150,000 a year from 2007 to 2020 off of her schemes, the judge even brought her celebrity status as a way to showcase that British was committing these crimes fully aware of her influence on the public. The four-year sentence was less than 63 recommended Oh, shit. They were saying that she should do 63 years. The four-year sentence was less than the 63 years recommended in a pre-sentence investigation report, but significantly more than a suggestion of 18 months or even just probation offered by her attorney. As British and her family and friends left the courthouse, one of her friends was on the scene lounging at, lunging at the, they're using the wrong word. 
lunging, they said lounging, is lunging at the reporter recording the walk of shame. A mess. Yeah, her friend tried to run up and swing on a, a TMZ reporter because he was recording them. Here's my thing. And this is always my thing. Y'all got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. Like, pick and choose what's important. Why do y'all go on these shows? Why go on these shows? Why make your... First of all, if I was committing crimes, I wouldn't be on social media at all. I would not be a part of social media. I would be a ghost. I would be the cousin like, we don't play internet games. Don't take no picture of me. Like, I would be somebody that you would never know. I'm literally James St. Patrick. Don't nobody know who I am. I never give y'all a real name. I ain't from Philly. I got a British accent. Don't nobody know me. I do what I do. That's it. Nobody can have no ties to me. I'm not even, like, y'all wouldn't know who I was. But alone, would I go, let alone would I go on television. I would never go on television. Like, to go on TV knowing that you're a freaking criminal is absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. Like, I, I I don't understand it. I did understand when Jen Shaw from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City did it. I never understood why. Not only British got away the first time when she was on Basketball Wives because people were bringing up her being a scammer. For you to get on a second time, and knowing that people believe that you are a scammer, people have been saying that you were a scammer, you were sued before, you know, people have reported your businesses to the Better Business Bureau. All of these things have happened. To go on the show a second time on house arrest for crimes you committed during the pandemic, knowing that at that point, before you got your ass up on that show, they were looking at you for tax evasion. You should have chalked it and got that and did your time for tax evasion. But no, you fight in a case knowing that you were fucking wrong and they find out you're playing social security games and insurance fraud games. And then you want to sit here and look crazy. Girl, you need to be thanking God that you're only doing four years. And it's unfortunate because you're a mother, but that's way better than that 63-year sentence. And I get it. From watching Trey Queens, I done told y'all, I see that these are white-collar white collar crimes, and the most white men that do these crimes never go to jail, never touch a jail cell, never ever, you know, and if they do, they doing like the country club type of federal um, facility where they're playing, you know, they got their, basically their own apartment, they can play golf and shit, and they're in a comfortable space, and they can get visitors and be on the phone and pretty much do everything in isolation. We are not them. We're not. We're not them. And we have to stop trying to showboat and act like we can get away with the same shit they can while simultaneously doing shit that they would never do. To get your ass up on TV or even to play scamming games when your man was a basketball player is absolutely goofy. It's absolutely goofy. Absolutely goofy. Pisses me off. Pisses me off. Because I just hate when people just don't, like, make any sense. Like, I can't stand when people just play these stupid-ass games and 
confuse like confuse reality with what they really doing. Like y'all are so confused about who you are and who you present yourself to be that you're convinced that you're not committing a crime. And I always when I watch that show, I feel like it's always that thing. You know how like you always get away with something and you never got caught and you've done worse and you've never gotten caught. So if somehow in your mind you think that what you're doing is okay. Like when somebody steal paper from their job and they take their paper home, they never get caught. <laughs> it's never a, a big crime because you're like, oh, I always take paper from work or I always take tissue from work. Oh, I always do this. I always take trash bags from work. But it's like, you can go to jail for that because stealing from your job, stupid. <laughs> so you start doing shit in front of your fucking supervisor and they're looking at you like, what are you about to do with that paper that you're putting in your bag? Now you're fired because you're doing stupid shit in front of people because you think it's normal because everybody does it. Like during a pandemic, I always be like, damn, I wish I would have got me a PPP loan because ain't nobody go to jail. Shit. Apparently the fuck, yes, the fuck they is. Yes, they are. And I hope y'all got y'all ducks in a row because they is coming after you, especially you people who got I don't know if they coming after y'all who got like $5,000, $10,000 here, $20,000. But you people that was getting like $200,000, $300,000, million dollars here, this, this, that, and the third, they're coming for you. You're going to jail that way. Like you're going to go to jail. British was still sitting there trying to plead her innocence on that damn show. I hope that the only reason you got back on the show was to pay off them lawyer fees. But for them to use you for a storyline story last year and then ask you back this year, knowing that you got this pending court case is crazy. At least the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City used Jen to the very end. She got her money. However, that was the only legal income she had. And I don't even think Jen is the fall person. Shit, for real, for real, I don't even know if British was, is the fall person. I think she... I think British is the fall person. I don't even think she's the mastermind. I don't think neither one of them are because y'all about to do this. Hopefully she can do this time real cushion and cute because, you know, four years is a long time, but 63 is crazy. Four years is a long time, but greed would get you every time. Every time I watch Trap Queens, I always be like, damn, they could have got away if they didn't just do this. But you know, hindsight is 2020. And when you used to running schemes and playing these games and you want to be an influencer and you want thousands, hundreds of thousands of people to follow you, knowing damn well, knowing damn well that this is a crime, you're committing crimes, that you're not legal. It's absolutely stupid. It's the goofiest shit in the world. And I don't feel bad. But let's get up. Erica Mena. So y'all, we done talked about Erica Mena. Y'all know what's going on. Listen to the last couple of podcasts. One of the things, she just did a sit-down interview for the first time with Carlos King. And I watched it. And one thing about me, I hate for people to play on my intelligence and I hate for people to act like try to explain why what they did was not wrong and why they're not wrong. Erica Mena is a fucking fuck-ass liar. And the way that she thinks that she's a convincing liar is absolutely insane. The fact that she sat her ass there and started talking about her sob story about how she grew up 
what the fuck does that have to do with you calling somebody a monkey? In one part of the interview, she talks about how she grew up in the Bronx and how her sisters were the girls to know. And she grew up listening to hip hop and she loves hip hop and she's been immersed in the culture. And that she was the little girl back in the day that, you know, her sisters, older sisters were bring to parties and she knew how to do all the dance hall dances and she would go to the reggae club and the dance hall clubs and she would win dance contests and she was immersed in you know dance hall culture and she just loved the culture so she understands like she loves you know caribbean people and she talks about how she's from the caribbean y'all know she's puerto rican and she talks about how like their upbringing is similar and she never really saw the difference she thinks it's all one melting pot and she talks like a fucking telenovela. She's so dramatic. She's crying. She's talking in animation. She's so excited to explain why she, you know, she's not racist because she grew up in an area and she was immersed in the culture. Here's the thing, Miss Mamas. We know that you grew up in the Bronx. We know that you grew up around black people. We know that you know hip hop. Nobody is doubting it. We know this by the men that you choose to date. We know by the women you you choose to spend time with and call your friends. That's the problem. Is that you love the culture. You've benefited from the culture. You've been immersed in a culture. You've been fucking black men. You have black children. You have black friends. And for some reason, you then tell us that you never knew that calling a black dark-skinned woman a fucking monkey, making monkey signs, you did not know that that was a racial slur. That's like me coming up here and saying that I I don't know that growing up in a city that I did, that's a mountain part, I don't know Latin or Hispanic slurs or that I don't know Asian slurs like yes the fuck I do I know what's a fucking slur just like you do we're not gonna fucking pretend because you like hip-hop and you used to go to the dance hall clubs they you couldn't possibly be racist because that's how you grew up around these people so why the fuck would you say that Honestly, it makes you even look more innocent, more stupid than it does innocent. It makes you look crazy. What you should have did was get your ass up there and say, you know what? I was so hurt that she said that. I grew up loving Spice. I grew up listening to her music. When she said what she said about my son, I was triggered because I am dealing with the fact that while I provided for my son, he feels very he has moments where he may feel neglected. He might not respect the fact that I was out here working so that he could have the life he lives. And I, that was a sacrifice I was willing to make for my child. When she said that, it really hurt me. I thought we were friends. However, I said the first thing that came to my mind, and I don't know why that was in my subconscious, but I want to do the work to figure that out. And I acknowledge that that was a slur. And while that might not have been my intentions, I just was saying anything and I just 
said that and I don't understand why I said it. I feel bad about it. I'm very remorseful for it. And I would like to do the work to help me understand. And I don't want anybody to think that I am a racist, but I did have a lapse in judgment. And for that, I truly apologize. You have yet to fucking apologize. You want us to understand that you can't be racist because you grew up around black people. Are you fucking serious? I've had teachers that worked in black schools for years, white teachers, that still had biases with black children, still scared of black children, still say crazy as shit to black children, have children with black men and still have a fucking bias because they have the bias. That does not mean that you love black women, black people, black culture, and you don't respect it. You're just immersed in it because blackness is popular right now. We are pop culture. We are the culture. How we talk, how we walk, how we dress, what we eat, what we put in our hair, what we listen to, how we relate to one each, to each other, how we talk. Every It's pop culture now. Everybody wants to be black. Everybody. It's cool. We love it. It's soulful. It feels good. It's, we love to have people immersed in our culture. It's not, we're not gatekeeping people. You know, you know how to do the electric slide? They're going to let you to the cookout. It's not foreign that you understand black culture. That is the problem. You don't love black people. You don't respect us. The culture, our culture is not sacred to you. You don't feel, oh, wow, this culture has accepted me. I feel immersed in it. I love it. You feel like, oh, that's just, you know, it's just pop culture. It's just, it is what it is. You have been disrespectful since the inception of this show. You have said crazy things since the inception of the show. You are no victim. Yes, Safari did a number on you. And like I said, I understood why you said you were upset about how he reacted to Spice. I get that wholeheartedly. What we don't understand is what is up with the monkey comments? And to sit there and say you grew up going to dance halls and you knew all the dances, it just... And it just really affirms the fact that you were immersed in our culture and you love the culture, but you don't respect the women of it. That's it. You made yourself look like a fucking fool. And hopefully somebody is able, somebody send this to her so she can listen to it because it's very like diabolical. And then y'all go on Carlos King and this is no shade to him, but he's not going to hold, he doesn't hold people accountable for their actions. He let them tell their story however they want to tell it. And that's his interviewing style. But you purposely went to him because you didn't want to be held accountable. You should have took your ass to, to somebody I cussed out last week. Should have took your ass to see um, Amanda Seals. Maybe you should have sat down with Tamika Mallory. Maybe you should have sat down with a Karen Civil. I don't fucking know. Either way, you went to the person that you wanted to because you wanted to be coddled about the things that you said. And then you want to bring up that old ass shit with DJ Envy. Don't nobody care. Don't nobody care. Because what you don't want to bring up is a bunch of the other shit you had going on. You don't want to bring up the fact that you and Raul was fighting in the street and you had to kick him in his head. See, you always been on some weird shit. 
But you want to vilify DJ Envy and his wife? Okay. Period. He was he he was an ancient dude, and he fooled you. Okay. We're gonna pretend like in twenty twenty in twenty thirteen it wasn't ways to figure out if a motherfucker was married. We won't pretend like Facebook anything. We won't pretend like the girl was nowhere to be found. We won't talk about as if nobody else listened to the radio during that time that nobody knew that he was married. Everybody knew he was married. He talked about being married on the show. Fucking spare me, bro. Fucking spare me. It just pissed me the hell off. But anyway, let's get into my favorite part of the show which is the glow up topic. So I had therapy today and I was venting and I was just saying like, you know, I haven't been able to like accomplish all of my goals and we like a month away from the new year, like two months given, give or take two months before the new year. And I'm like, you know, I just want to, I don't want to feel like I got to keep writing these goals down. Like I want to start moving forward and I be forgetting that therapists make notes or whatever. So she started running off the stuff I said that I wanted to achieve. And quite a bit of it I have. Like I have done really, really well as far as my list. And sometimes, you know, I think I'm just a little too hard on myself because I, you know, I think about, you know, when people was that's older than me my, were my age, you know, different things were happening. Like, oh, you know, like back in the day, like, Motherfuckers was married with kids, had a house, you know, their kids was in high school or whatever the hell. Like, you know, just things had Fortune 500 jobs and damn near ready for retirement back in the day. And I think sometimes or even like, you know, like my pastor said, that social media stuff really mess up your mind because everybody's rich on Instagram. Nobody's struggling. Nobody has bills to pay. Nobody... Um, is trying to figure life out. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do and everybody's rich and everybody's just living their best life. You know, there is a lack of realism there. And um, my therapist was like, you know, how do you feel like you are compared to like most Americans that's your age? I was like, I don't know. I feel like I got a long way to go. And she was like, actually, you're doing a lot better than most. Like you're amazing. Like you have a lot going on for yourself. And you have scratched the surface of adulthood that most people have not even touched at your age. And I'm like, really? And she was like, yes, people are struggling. Americans are struggling. A lot of people have not reached your level of success or may never will. And I just be thinking that I do the bare minimum and I never like give myself any grace. And I just needed to hear that because I often feel like I'm a, a late bloomer to things like things come for me slower and I just needed that sign to know like you know girl you are right on time like stop being so negative stop being so like always waiting for the next goal that you not you didn't even realize you accomplished half the goals you set forth for this year you've been doing the work you've created new ways and new avenues and new um, connections and you have just been blossoming. Like you unlocked a whole new level of peace. You have unlocked, you know, different levels of boundaries. You have succeeded in several of the goals that you set forth and everything else is going to be done when it needs to be. But I'm so busy 
worrying about what I haven't done that I haven't acknowledged what I have done, you know? And because of that, I didn't, I don't give myself enough credit. I don't congratulate myself enough. I don't really um, see myself the way that I should. And nor do I realize, you know, sometimes it's like, we always thinking about what's next, what's next. And it's like, just live in the moment, live in the moment. And like, I am where God or, you know, my destiny tells me I'm supposed to be at this time. Like, I am not doing this on my own. Like, everything is already pre-written. We are just navigating life. And a part of anxiety for me is trying to control the future, trying to control everything. And that's just not how shit works for me anymore. Like, I really just have to let go and let things come into fruition the way that it's supposed to like baby I just but when I I was like you know I really appreciate you saying it because this is somebody I talk to every other damn week and they know my tea and she was just reading off her notes and was like oh yeah you said this you said that you said this and then you do this and then you do that and I said damn damn I'm doing pretty damn good like I'm not even mad at myself no more like I I'm right on time. I'm right on time. I'm doing the best I can with what I got. I'm living, I'm moving at my pace. I don't have to move at nobody else's pace. And, you know, our aunties, our grandmoms and stuff back in the day in the 90s and the 80s and shit in the 70s, houses were $20,000. Jobs, when you had a degree, it meant something. You know, we're doing the best that we can. We are creating new career fields we are just doing the best we can with what we got and we are becoming entrepreneurs. And, you know, a lot of the time, the role of a woman was to be a wife, to be in the home, to cater to your person. Right now, we are the person. We are the table. We are the bosses. A lot of these men can't take care of us on their own. They need our income too. Like we're doing this shit. And when I talk to older women, they have always congratulated me, like a lot older women, they always said like how, you know, they are proud of me, how they wish when they were my age, they were able to, you know, go out and travel, live life, have fun, take their time with building a family and really just enjoy life or create a balance or have your own money or your own career and your own hobbies that sometimes I forget, like we are so blessed to grow up in this era. Now we get some shitty guys in this era, but to be honest, the men back in the day in the 60s, 70s, and 80s and 90s, they wasn't shit either. But women didn't have the options or didn't have the freedom to say, you know what? You stay where you at. I'm good. I can take care of me. I don't need you. We are there at that point where it's like, we don't have to wait for somebody or pray that they're good or just be in a situation waiting um, for somebody to save us. Like being in love and um, growing with somebody and being in a space with them and creating a family, that's all an option. That's a choice. It's not something that's forced upon us. You know, we don't need it to survive, you know, but we need peace. We need love. We need protection. And, if we don't have to feel like we have to create somebody to do that or we have to ignore these things because a lot of the times all we all the people in the past had was a spouse they didn't have a partnership they didn't have a 
loving relationship. It was just a spouse. It was a space. It was somebody in there to, you know, hit that quota. But we're not there no more. And I just feel like, you know, the more I keep saying it, like, I'm right on time. Everything is divine timing. And what's going, what's for me is not going to miss me. So I hope that that helps you guys. And I hope that gives you a reminder like he gave me today because, you know, I just don't give myself enough credit and I forget the half the shit I actually accomplished. So if you want to take a moment today to look over some of the goals you had for this year and say, and write down the shit that you accomplished that you didn't say that you wanted to achieve because all of that counts too. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure that you are listening, you are tuned in, you share with a friend, that you are subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts and you got those notifications on. Make sure you are following us on Instagram at JST Let It Glow and on Twitter at Just Let It Glow. My name is DeAndre Kiera. Thank you for listening. Bye.